Well, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning to and welcome to this Sunday morning gathering held here at Essex Church in London, as well as online, where people are joining us via Zoom. And it's really lovely to see all of your faces. Thanks for being with us. It's a pleasure to be here with you all and also to send out a message of goodwill and connection to all those who might be reading this script at a later date or, or watching this service as a YouTube video. It's good to feel these connections, isn't it? Across space and time. Not so separate after all. Uh, for those of you I've not met before, uh, I'm Sarah Tinker, the uh, not so recently retired minister with this uh, lovely congregation. And some of you might have recognized the opening music today as the hymn, Blue Boat Home, which has long been a favorite with Kensington Unitarians. I wonder if these verses resonate with any of you at all. Though below me, I feel no motion standing on these mountains and plains. Far away from the rolling ocean, still my dry land heart can say, I've been sailing all my life now. Never harbor or port have I known. The wide universe is the ocean I travel and the earth is my blue boat home. Sun my sail and moon my rudder as I ply the starry sea, leaning over the edge in wonder, casting questions into the deep. Drifting here with my ship's companions, all we kindred pilgrim souls, making our way by the lights of the heavens in our beautiful blue boat home. And our theme for today's service is this idea of life as a journey, a time and a space that we're simply passing through, the journey being the destination and the quality of our connectedness with one another and with our wider being of crucial importance. This is it. This is life and we are in it together and none of us are getting out alive, as the old um, T-shirt slogan said. So with that cheery thought in mind, everyone, let's take a moment to settle ourselves in this here and now. Let's take a breath. If taking a conscious breath works for you, gently in and out. Taking time to check how we are, perhaps. Rattled or amused tired or energized, worried or peaceful. We know that our lives are a patchwork of experiences and feelings up and down. We know that together our combined life patterns tell us what it is to be human. So let's make this time a, a sacred offering of our common humanity gathered here the outside world left outside just for a little while, taking a bit of time out from life's journeying, creating a pause point that new inspiration might find a way to our hearts and connect us with that which we consider to be holy. And welcome, welcome everyone this early spring morning.
and I light our chalice flame, this symbol of our worldwide Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist community, which connects us with all those people, progressive people of faith, those who went before us, all who choose to join us along the way and all who will follow on this wide and welcoming religious path. Um, this is a reading from Thresholds by John Donaghy. At some points in our lives, we find ourselves crossing some new threshold we had never anticipated. Like spring secretly at work within the heart of winter, below the surface of our lives, huge changes are in fermentation. We never suspect a thing. Then when the grip of some long enduring winter mentality begins to loosen, we find ourselves vulnerable to a flourish of possibility and we are suddenly negotiating the challenge of a threshold. At any time, you can ask yourself, at which threshold am I now standing? At this time in my life, what am I leaving? Where am I about to enter? What is preventing me from crossing my next threshold? What gift would enable me to do it? A threshold is not a simple boundary. It is a frontier that divides two different territories, rhythms and atmospheres. Indeed, it is a lovely testimony to the fullness and integrity of an experience or a stage of life that it intensifies toward the end into a real frontier that cannot be crossed without the heart being passionately engaged and woken up. At this threshold, a great complexity of emotions come alive. Confusion, fear, excitement, sadness, hope. This is one of the reasons such vital crossings were always clothed in ritual. It is wise in your own life to be able to recognize and acknowledge the key thresholds, to take your time, to feel all the varieties of presence that accrue there, to listen inward with complete attention until you hear the inner voice calling you forward. The time has come to cross. To acknowledge and cross a new threshold is always a challenge. It demands courage, and also a sense of trust in whatever is emerging. Each life is a mystery that is never finally available to the mind's light or questions. That we are here is a huge affirmation. Somehow life needed us and wanted us to be. To sense and trust this primeval acceptance can open a vast spring of trust within the heart. It can free us into a natural courage that casts out fear and opens up our lives to become voyages of discovery, creativity and compassion. No threshold need be a threat, but rather an invitation and a promise. Whatever comes, the great sacrament of life will remain faithful to us, blessing us always with visible signs of invisible grace. We need merely to trust.
Thank you, Jenny. And uh, let's let's take that ideas of that reading beautifully uh, written by John O'Donoghue into a time of uh, reflection and prayer now upon life's changes and transitions. And I'll invite you at the end of my words to join, if you wish, in a shared reading of a prayer that's written by the Anglican Tess Ward. Some of us uh, really like her writings um, and I've slightly adapted them and they're on this sheet. So let's readiness, ready ourselves now for a time of prayer. And may the, may the divine spirit of life and love be with us now in this, our time of worship and bless our togetherness here in this congregation, gathered in person and online. May our hearts be softened and our busy, busy minds be stilled. May our bodies, aching though they may be, be at peace within themselves as we turn our thoughts and prayers to our world community. Knowing that throughout history, the story of our planet has been a story of change, a, a great unrolling narrative with its multitudinous characters and settings. To be alive is to move and to move is to change. So may our thoughts be with places in the world where changes are enforced and bitter, where life is tough and there can be little illusion of control for the people living there. Let us think of the many places where change is held back, repressed, where, where the search for freedom is seen as rebellion, where, where free speech is denied. The places where people do not dare sometimes to be themselves. May all such places be touched by love and understanding. May fear diminish and peace expand. And in our own hearts and minds, may we also be filled with peace and love, that we are better able to accept the changes in our own lives, challenging and painful though some of those inevitably are. And in the midst of our transitions, may we be granted all the strength that we need. And may that strength be, be something that we can then pass on to others who we meet along the way. For it is perhaps in our common humanity and in the sharing of our paths in life that we find the meaning and the purpose that sustain and guide us now and always. And to that aspiration, if you so wish, let us say, Amen. And now, again, if you wish, do join me in saying this prayer for the season, adapted from words by Tess Ward. 
life force within all that is, that which makes the sap to rise, the swelling of bud to burst the sheath. May I let the fruits of your spirit grow in me this day. Spirit of love, abide in my ears as I listen to stories different to mine own. Spirit of joy, beam in my eyes as I meet the gaze of another. Spirit of peace, breathe through my attitude. Spirit of kindness, blow through the words I speak. Spirit of patience, breeze across my frustration before I say or act. Spirit of faithfulness, help me pause a while when I'm tempted to stray. Spirit of generosity, spill over in all I think or do or say. Spirit of gentleness, be fragrant in all my dealings with the world. Guardian of thresholds, guide my steps into the unknown as I partake in your transforming ways, blowing through this day. Impermanence and Love, written by Elias Amidon, a Sufi teacher and friend of this congregation. A little child runs across the lawn into her mother's waiting arms. The mother cuddles the child and makes cooing sounds. And then the little one races off around the yard again, tumbling and showing off. That was many years ago. Now the child no longer exists. A grown-up person has taken her place. The mother is no longer waiting with her arms open. She too no longer exists. This is the hard truth of impermanence. And it's how we usually think of that word, the endings it forces on us the goodbyes, the losses, and poignancy of never again. Of course, impermanence doesn't only work at the level of human attachment and suffering. If we look closely at the fine grain of our experience, we can see impermanence acting in every instant and in every place. Each moment yields to the next and never returns. The events we are experiencing right now, physical, thoughtful, emotional, have already changed. You breathe, your attention moves, your body shifts, appearances arise and vanish, nothing stays the same. We might think that I stay the same through all this change, but what is this I that stays the same? 
When I look closely at the evidence of the moment, at the split second of transience, what kind of I is really there? Looking directly at impermanence like this is not easy. But when we can manage it, when we can look clearly at the transient nature of our experience, that recognition naturally floods back into us and erases our sense of being something outside transience, something substantial and separate. As an early Buddhist scripture reports the Buddha saying, in one who perceives impermanence, the perception of non-self becomes firmly established. And one who perceives non-self achieves the elimination of the conceit I am and attains nirvana in this very life. And in the words of the Quran, everything is perishing except God's face. God's face, nirvana. What are these scriptures pointing to? By perceiving the continuous flow of impermanence, the perishing, the conceit of our isolated selfness is washed away. But we don't vanish, just as the universe doesn't vanish because of the impermanent nature of each moment. What's holding everything together? What isn't perishing? This is where the deeper secret of impermanence is revealed. As we come face to face with the fact that everything is perishing, that our lives and all appearances are thoroughly ephemeral, the realization of what's called non-self or emptiness or openness is born. In that realization, we sense beyond our senses, something that resists all description something that we might variously call God's face, or nirvana, or holy intimacy, or simply love. Whatever we call it, this that does not perish is what connects us with everything, each other, the trees, the mountains, the sky, the stars, and all beings who have ever appeared. We remain the unique beings we are, but we recognize we're not alone in our beingness. We are with the entirety. I think of this withness as love. Love that's both complete in itself and endlessly creative, a holy intimacy that is cosmic, inconceivable, awesome, and at the same time, ordinary every day and particular. It's the primordial generosity and ecstasy of light flooding the universe, and it's the energy of the little child running to her mother. Of course, impermanence is painful for us too. There's no way we can escape loss and grief since everything we have ever been given in this life, we will lose. But our grief, too, is love. It's the form love takes when great loss comes to us. The cry of withness, 
as it breaks free from particular love into universal love. Thank you, Harold. And it, was it more than enough in that reading to keep us going for the rest of our lives? But it, I suggest we, we take it at least into our time of meditation now. Um, there'll just be a few words from me to introduce that. Then uh, Peter's going to be uh, playing to Chopin Etudes. And then let's hold a couple of minutes silence together and there'll be a chime from our bell to end that. So just yeah, get yourselves comfy, whatever works for you. Some people like to hold on to something, others like to put down their papers. Whatever works, maybe enjoy that feeling of having your uh, feet on the floor if, if you're sitting or maybe lying down if you're at home. And taking one of those lovely cleansing breaths deep into the belly, perhaps letting your palms rest in your belly or on your, on your thighs. Maybe imagining just something dropping away, maybe holding your shoulders up and rolling them back and down is something that works for you. Something that in some way symbolizes that you're entering a reflective time, a chance to go deeper for a while and to allow your own thinking to journey on its way as it will. But if you find yourself thinking of things you'd rather not think about at the moment, like shopping lists and the like, you can just bring yourself back to the here and now to this moment, the only moment that there is. And that sense of what it is that does not perish. And does the word love work for you as that which does not perish, despite everything?
So this bit says some thoughts, some thoughts on passing through on thresholds and next steps in life. It, I don't know if, if many of you use the words fate or destiny in your, your speaking. These are not modern concepts, are they? they? They go way, way back, ancient times, when life was so perilous and so clearly out of any individual's control. It is not surprising that they had terms to describe powers greater than their own. In classical times, even the gods were at the mercy of the fates. In Greek mythology, the, the three sisters who spun each life thread chose its length and qualities and in due course cut the thread to bring life to its close. The fates could not be avoided, but destiny, now destiny was a quality to work with, to struggle with in order to fulfill. Through most of human history, death has been an ever-present reality. And it's only in these relatively recent times that medicine has extended our average lifespan and given us a greater sense of being somehow in charge of our individual existence. But the question remains, well, how, how much do we shape our own lives? How much does life shape us? I don't personally believe in a preordained destiny or in, in a life path that is mapped out for us. And yet, and yet, I don't know if you have some of these experiences, there have been times in my life where a certain step, next step felt completely right. Chance meetings leading to lifelong friendships, decisions made seemingly in the moment that have taken life off into a completely new and unexpected direction. I know that none of us forget what good fortune it is to live in a time and in a part of the world where we enjoy freedom of choice. Yet with freedom comes responsibility and the struggle sometime of having to choose between the too many options before us. We may live to regret a choice made too quickly or feel paralyzed by indecision at times, unable to see into the future, unable to decide which path to take for fear of missing the opportunity not chosen. Some of the most significant changes in my life, truly transformatory experiences, have been clearly out of my control. Births and deaths, relationships started or finished, redundancies and reorganizations, studies chosen for or rejected for, storms and snowfalls, car engines and bicycle tires that misbehaved. I tell you what, I'll be forever grateful to companions along the way who've been there to remind me that I will probably cope whatever next unfolds. I hope it can be the same for you. Many tribal societies to this day utilize the power of ritual to help individuals through times of change in their lives. Firstly, in such phases of life, there is an acknowledgement of an ending. This must be marked in some ritualistic way, perhaps through grieving or through some symbolic letting go. The person undergoing the rite of passage, as it's called, is then considered to be in a second phase. 
their time of transition. They're about to cross over a threshold, to leave the past behind and to step out into the unknown. This is sometimes described as a liminal state, a threshold, that border between what is unconscious and conscious, like the shoreline of the sea, gently moving. This is a place of uncertainty. It can be disorienting by its very nature because the psyche is in the process of reorienting itself, finding its way, if you like, through the mist. Life is no longer as it was, and the future is un inevitably uncertain because it does not yet exist. This is the point where trust is called for, as John O'Donoghue wrote in the reading we heard from Jenny earlier on in the service. We need the strengthening gifts that trust can bring us when we face an uncertain future, for all the futures are well and truly uncertain, unformed. There are no guarantees. It can be exciting and exhilarating, but also scary to be in this middle phase of a rite of passage or indeed any time of change in life, because it's a time when we cannot know anything for sure. Everything is there to be re-examined, reconsidered, old routines falling by the wayside, uncertainty rules. And then that liminal phase eventually leads on to a stage of transition itself in which the change is made and the new situation is recognized and marked. In a tribal initiation ceremony, for example, held to mark a young person's acceptance into the adult group, the middle phase might well involve a period of isolation, even hardship, a time when the young person is tested in some way. And only when the tests have been undergone can the transition to adult status be properly marked by the group. And as I thought about changes and transitions this week, about permanence and life as passing through, various realizations stood out for me, one of which is that our whole society is in a transitional phase at the moment. We are all facing multiple thresholds that we are or not, are not yet crossing through. This is um, a strangely shared experience, I think. And another realization was that I think as a society, we currently lack clear ways to mark our transitions. And the transitions that are sometimes noted the least, they're sometimes the private ones, the kind profound inner developments that we go through at various stages of life. Sometimes the quiet letting go, the coming to terms with, these inner changes need marking, deserve marking in some way and honoring. But interestingly in our society, I think we do have some quite clearly defined ways of marking the end of a job. And as our current government has shown us with its repeated parties held to bid colleagues farewell. Now here at Essex Church, unlike number 10, we will not crack open bottles of champagne and drink late into the night. We will keep our masks on, but we will say a big thank you to you, Jenny Moy. You're moving on to pastures new after 16 years living and working here at Essex Church. We're going to present you, Jenny, with a card filled with messages which make for great reading those messages and best wishes from members of the congregation and uh, 
there are some flowers and presents and a check for you to buy yourself something special and then we'll all clap and cheer and that's our way of saying farewell and of marking this transitional time that you are going through now and we'll be wishing you good luck in all your threshold crossing and as the person who's lived and worked alongside you for a long long time I'm going to borrow the Hindu namaste and truly recognize the spirit in you that has brought integrity and fascinatingly different ways of doing things here and I'm touched that um, you've kept the place in good fettle and our finances in such marvelous shape. So shall I pass over to, to you now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, Thank you so much. I mean, I've been here 16 years, but I haven't actually come to that many services. And I've spent even less time standing at this podium. And I've certainly never been applauded. So thank you. <laughs> um, and, and the reason I've not come to many services is because I normally worship with Quakers. Um, but yeah, I think I've really, it's been really special for me that after having quite a lot of separation between my own religious life and my job for quite a long time. And people used to ask me about my work and I'd say, oh, I, I work for a church, but um, not on Sundays. What happens on Sundays is nothing to do with me really. I'm just responsible for the rest of the week. Um, but then I think these, these last two years, um, I think one of the blessings of the pandemic has been that it's forced a lot of us to appreciate the local resources that we were sort of overlooking. And I think certainly for me, um, being confined alone in this building for many months during the lockdown, um, I felt clear it was really important to focus on how that could connect me to the spiritual community here and not how it was separating me from my Quaker community or my dancing friends. So, yeah, I, I just feel so grateful for having got to know many of you individually better in the last couple of years and also for um, coming to understand better what you value um, about this, this spiritual community here, even though it has made it quite a lot harder and more painful to leave. Um, but that's the paradoxical nature of these things, I guess. So, um, yeah. It's very moving to be here today and to say this ritual farewell, even though actually I'm sure I'll be popping back in and I'll see many of you again after this, but still, namaste. Go on, Julia, you go first. Oh, all right. <laughs> Jenny, there's no doubt that you love flowers. And tulips especially. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. And uh, such an array of colours. So this is an early spring. Obviously, they're imported, I should think. But uh, I do hope you'll enjoy them. And, well, thank you for all the time you and I have spent together. 
and had quite a lot of laughs actually. I mean Juliet's been treasurer pretty much as many years as I've been warden I think. Yes with a little break and I'm hoping to have another break soon. Oh and I should uh, point out to you that imitation is the uh, sincerest form of flattery and just as you have knitted several stripy jumpers I took on that I would knit a stripy jumper too. <laughs> the yarn just knits into stripes that's what's so fascinating about it and um, well what can I say? I, I really have missed you recently because I'm trying to do the accounts <laughs> all on my own. And okay, I'm getting help from uh, the people you recommended, the bookkeepers, but uh, it's a unique experience and it used to be a joint experience. <laughs> so so <laughs> sorry to leave you in the lurch there. <laughs> <laughs> that theme continues in your card. And I think the book is entirely appropriate. So sorry everybody about the lack of champagne reception, but yes, may we'll come back and we could maybe do that at a later date. Um, there's some announcements to make now. Uh, Patricia and David give us a, a wave there. They're um, going to be running a whatever the weather walk. And I don't think it's actually raining out there at this moment. So let's keep out. that straight after the service. So if you've not told them you want to go for a walk, where are you going? A very nice walk. Yeah. Yeah, lovely. They'll be setting off pretty soon after the service. So yeah, they do go along if you if you can. Um, and if you've never been to a heart and soul gathering, those are being run several times each week online. Do give it a try sometime. This is about an hour and a half of um, exploring a particular theme and praying together in a very nicely, gently structured way. And uh, the coming week's theme is failure, which is a topic worthy of exploration for flawed humans like us. Um, and then there's the Zoom coffee morning on Tuesdays at 10.30. Everybody's uh, welcome to that. Good conversation guaranteed. And a, a note for your diaries that if you're free on Saturday, the 19th of March in the morning up to lunchtime, the West London Green Spirit Group are running a workshop about helping to mend the brokenness of the world through mending little things ourselves. Um, and you're ever so welcome to bring your broken crockery and darning to that, or there'll be other activities too. If you want to know more about the Fuse online workshop, which is happening next Saturday and Sunday, then have a chat with, with um, me later. It's a festival of Unitarians in the Southeast, and it's a whole day of Saturday of really interesting workshops with nice big gaps in between. Um, and the service on Sunday, are we inviting people to go to that, Jane, instead of us personally? It's a great way to get to see other Unitarians. Have 
have a look at the Brighton Church. They're going to be filming it there, and uh, we'll be sending out the details in the Friday email. It's an 11 o'clock start, so you can take a steadier start to the day. And just very quickly to mention that the Unitarian annual meetings are actually happening in person in April. Details are on the back of the order of service sheet. If you get an urge to go to that, I am going, and it'd be lovely to have you know, one or two other people coming along to that. So have a look at the dates and see if that works for you. Anything else that I needed to be thinking of? No, okay. Just have a look at your order of service for a while because there is a, um, the words for the closing blessing start with a quotation from Hafez, um, a, a Sufi poet um, loved by some of us. Every building you see is destructible except the enduring shelter of kindness. And so, I extinguish our chalice flame, but not, I hope, the warmth of this community. Let's carry its warmth and its light back out into a world which surely is so in need of kindness and good cheer. And may we live gently, accepting graciously as best we can the changing seasons of our lives standing strong against oppression and injustice, knowing both our great importance and our deep insignificance, stepping forward and crossing new thresholds with hope and with humility, seeking a hand to hold when we are uncertain and in our turn, helping those we meet along the way. Amen. Go well, all of you, and blessed be. Thank mm -hmm. you.